0: Well, hello again. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, I wanted to say um, happy Mother's Day, but I also wanted to say this. I just want to thank all of the women in the room. I know Mother's Day um, is one of those like weird things because for some of you, you're really excited and for some of you, it's just really difficult, uh, maybe because it is reminding you of a mother that you've lost or a relationship with a mother or maybe you're not a mother or can't be a mother, want to be a mother. There's so many things that go into that. But I just wanted to, just across the board, um, just thank and honor all of the women in here because of this beautiful, nurturing spirit that God has given you as this beautiful, special gift and the ability to do things that I couldn't possibly imagine or even do. Um, So thank you, women, um, that are in here um, today. I honor you today and recognize you and your worth and your value Um, And to my mom, who's probably online, happy Mother's Day. So, yeah. That's for all of you guys. Hey, so we're um, starting this new series called Now What? Um, And it's really about seasons, or we'll call seasons or lives of seasons, or just things that go on in our life. And um, it kind of birthed out of a conversation um, that was like, have you ever noticed that wherever we are in life, or wherever you are, wherever you find yourself in the situation, that you're never really settled. You're always thinking of whatever's next, or now what, right? Some of you are literally sitting in here, this room right now, and you're not even settled because you're thinking about what's next. <laughs> like, what are we going to do after this? How long is he going to talk for? <laughs> what are we going to eat, right? What do I got to do this week? Thank you for these notes. I have a great grocery list, whatever it is, Right? So we're never, like, really settled in the things you find, like, you find yourself in, uh, on vacation, right? How many fa- have you found yourself on vacation? Relaxing on vacation, thinking, what's our next vacation going to be, right? <laughs> Where are we going to go next? We're just never really settled. And so what I wanted to do over the next four weeks as we're running up into the summer, I know, crazy, um, running up into summer and so many things are taking place and so much transition is taking place, I wanted to talk about over the next four weeks about how to prepare for what's next. How do we prepare for what's next? And for some of us, as we go through these weeks, some of those things is, um, they just happened to us. We didn't even see it coming. It just, all of a sudden we're in a club that we didn't sign up for and welcome. And then how do we deal with that, right? So how do we prepare for next? And next means a lot of things. Next can mean things like graduation. Maybe some of you, are gonna going be graduating from high school or to college. Maybe you're gonna be preparing for college or you're graduating college. Or maybe some of you are planning for a wedding or have someone in your family that's planning for a wedding and that's the next big thing that's kind of coming up and going on. And, uh, or maybe a baby, right? And that's a big change. We just kind of celebrated that. Or another baby and another baby, like we saw up here. Um, that means a lot of different things and preparations. Um, for that, or a new house or a new job, maybe you're preparing for a new job or a new school, or you're gonna go back to school or something, like that. or maybe you're preparing for this empty nest season, right? And you're like trying to figure out what it's gonna look like, and I don't know if I can deal with seeing you this much, and I don't even know you that well, like, oh my goodness, there's no one else around, hi, right? <clears throat> or maybe it's retirement. And not just retirement in the next, you know, couple months, but maybe it's, that's the next big thing, right? In the next couple years, you're trying to eye that and figure out what the next thing is. And what I know about next things is they, they lead to a, a handful of different things. Whatever's next leads to some sort of transition, right? You're transitioning with something. Whenever we have a transition in our lives, that causes change, Right? And when we have change in our life, and we know how well we all are at change management, right, that causes stress. Good stress or bad stress. It can really be uh, some of the both. You've met that person who's, you know, getting ready to send their kid off for the first time. It's this transition and change. They're going to go to kindergarten now, and they're wearing the backpack that's bigger than them, and (laughs) they've got to have their lunch, and you're sending them off, and it's a good stress, but your stress because it's a change. Because my kids now starting school. Oh my goodness! Or, you know, or the empty nest piece, or uh, marriage of you. You know, you're talking to the mother of the bride. It's like exciting stress that's going on, and you know, it's like preparation, but like it's a ton of stress of all these things that have to happen and go on. So there's these stress. So what I want to talk about today specifically is that there are things that we can do now, right now, to prepare. what's next that's the good news now the bad news is for some of you is that wherever you go there you are right (laughs) you you can see it coming wherever you go you're in the midst of it you're not just watching it happen from a distance Um, but how can we prepare for this now I want to talk about that there's no necessarily there's no uh, necessarily correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next Two totally different things, knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. It's like the when you, if you've been married, right? You know what's next, and you're saying, I do, to a whole bunch of things that you don't know if you can do, right? You're really just saying, I hope I can. That sounds like a good plan. Let's do that, right? Between knowing about it and being prepared for it being prepared for that thing that all of a sudden has happened or come up on you so quickly. And so uh, good news is, is a, a guy named James in the New Testament, it was actually the brother of Jesus, um, wrote um, a, uh, a letter in the Bible um, called James. And uh, he's got some beautiful wisdom in here. And we're just going to use three verses I'm going to jump right to the very end. This is where we're going to land the plane today. And then I'm going to work my way backwards. But if we can focus on doing the right things to prepare for what's next, we will be blessed in what we do. You will be blessed in what you do. If you can focus on preparing, not just knowing about what's next. So we're going to start in verse 22. We're going to go back three verses in James here. And James starts with this. He says, hey, real simple idea that we're going to go through today. Hey, don't, don't just merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Now listen, what he's talking about here is this group that he's speaking to only gets to listen to the word. We all have it in our phone or this old school paper copy with like leather wrapped around. It. It's called the Bible. Um, so we can actually sit there and read the word. So There, everyone then is listening to it because they don't just have the copies like we have. The copies are far and few in between, and so they would gather in places, communities, synagogues, temples, homes, together, and someone would read the word, right? And so he's saying, don't just listen to it because that's all they got to do, and the same for us. Don't just read it for us. Don't just read it or just listen to it, and so deceive yourselves, and then here is um, this whole idea around listening, uh, and reading is that it's this whole idea of don't think that just because you heard it, it's going to make any difference, right? We get in this trap all the time. Like, since you were in the room, or like since you participated in the conversation, or you sat in church for three weeks in a row, and like it got on you a little bit, and, and then you leave, and you're like, yeah, no, it's good. I heard it, right? And we fall into this trap all of the time of, Thinking because we heard about something um, that we're good, right? You know this if you've been a parent before, uh, or just common sense, you know this because you've been a kid, but you know, you tell a kid, don't touch that, it's hot, right? Well, don't think just because you heard, don't touch that, it's hot, uh, is going to do anything different unless you actually put that into action, right? Because then you touch it, what happens? You get burnt, right? And often we find ourselves in the same thing. I'm just gonna listen to it. I'm just gonna be in the presence of it. I'm just gonna be a part of the conversation. I'm just gonna like hear stuff, uh, and that's gonna be good enough for me. I'm not gonna necessarily put it into practice. So don't think that that is gonna make the difference. So then you would say, well, what makes the difference? I'm glad you asked. Let's go. So it says, do not merely listen and deceive yourselves. Here's where it gets so simple and so good do what it says. You gotta do it, I know. It's that simple, but that difficult, and you all know it. And this is just why it's such a great word that it's so simple. Just do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and doesn't do what it says, this is is maybe the best now um, illustration, I think, in the Bible that James gives us. He's saying anyone who doesn't listen and do what it says is like someone who looks in the mirror or looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. We all look in the mirror. This is why this is such a good analogy. I brought a mirror, right? So every day we look in the mirror, and it'd be crazy that when we get up in the morning, we grab the mirror, oh gosh, that's the magnet side. Whew, that was bad. (laughs) You see things you do not, know existed. (laughs) I don't know how you do that. <laughs> that is rough. Sorry, that was shocking. <laughs> I have a moment. All right, Whew, regular side, there you are. <laughs> you don't get up in the morning and look and go, oh, that's horrible. Then walk away, put on your, your clothes, and then walk out the door, right? The mirror, it's like, it's like seeing something and doing nothing, right? The mirror specifically requires a response. That's why it's such a good analogy. The mirror requires a response. I can tell each and every single one of you, male and female, exactly how long you look at the mirror every day. I can tell you. I don't care if you're male or female. Every single one of you looks at it for the same amount of time. You look at it until it gets better. (laughs) Period told you and you can't even argue with that because it requires a response right and then you put on the magnetic side it just you're out it's just done I'm here all day (laughs) and tomorrow what's going to happen is you're going to get up you're going to look in the mirror you're going to feel convicted about what you see and then you're going to do something about it right you see something and then you do something And I don't want to get this loss, this idea of hearing something, doing something, or this analogy with a mirror of saying just getting your hair right or just getting your makeup right or just getting what you have on right um, will make you feel or will make you um, or make you the direction or the quality of your life any better. Getting your hair life won't make the direction or quality of your life any better. Getting your makeup right, getting what you have on right won't make the quality and direction of your life any better. But getting our behavior right will. And that comes with preparation. So often we get lost in this trap of like, I know what I should do. I'm just not going to do that. How many times have you been looking at someone, listening to them, tell you something that you know you should do, and the whole time in your head you're going, yeah, I'm going to do that. But you're doing that, hmm? yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Mm, it's real good, yeah. You know you should do it. You're just not going to do it. And the deal is, is with the mirror, no one gets credit for just looking in the mirror. We think we get credit all the time. We fall in this trap all the time. You know, no one, no one gets up in the morning, looks at what's going on, and then leaves and does nothing about it, shows up because your boss is going to walk in and be like, whoa, what's going on? And you're going to be like, I looked, I looked in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Did you just not, you just didn't care like to that? You can't go talk to these clients. You can't go have this meeting. Come on, you need to fix yourself. But no, 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 no. I looked in the mirror. I see it. It's all good. Kuna matata, bro. And chill out. Right? That's, that's, that's what we do all the time. We do this all the time. We, we think we get credit for just looking in the mirror, but we need to do something. We, we, we see something and we do nothing so often, and that doesn't help us prepare for whatever season we're going to come into. So then James hops in after this really beautiful illustration with a big but, so there's more, like here's the deal, there's something good about this, and I think that we should do a series, and we'll just call it the Butts of the Bible, and just all the good stuff that comes after a but. So good. He said, but whoever looks intently, right, intently, which is Uh, In the Greek there, it's this walking along, seeing something like on the side of the road, kneeling down, looking and focusing on it. It's like the magnifying mirror, right? Looking at it intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. The perfect law here that he's talking about, I really think is uh, summed up into one specific law. So in the beginning of the Bible, we have like 631 laws. We have like the 10 commandments. Then Jesus is around and uh, people ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And so then he gives us like kind of one A and B, right? He says, love the Lord God with all your mind soul, heart, mind, soul, right? Strength, let's go, let's love God. And then the second one, he says, is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? So he kind of gives us like 1.5, right? So we've summed it down. But then I think he gives us what is the, um, the perfect law, kind of his final last one, just before he leaves He says this, a new command I give you. So now here's a new one. They've already known the other one. Everyone's known the other one from the Old Testament, love the Lord God, and then also love your neighbors yourself. That's been around since Deuteronomy, right? Way back in the beginning. But he says, here's a new command I give you. He says, love one another as I, God, have loved you. This is a new command, right? It's this one thing. Love one another as I have loved you, and God, who is perfect, perfectly loved his son, and his son then through to us. So we need to perfectly love one another. So he's saying whoever looks intently into the perfect law, it gives them freedom if they do things, if they do what they should be doing to prepare them for the next season. So what's some next seasons where you can feel freedom from? One of the ones that I know because um, I've experienced... Um, in the past, and many of you have, is freedom when it comes to forgiveness or forgiving someone, right? You'll find yourself in a season where you get really hurt, you get frustrated, you feel broken, and forgiveness needs to take place. But we are so unwilling to do it. We'll just hear about it. You need to let yourself out of that jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that person, or it was just too much, or it was the last thing, and I meet so many people who literally have put themselves in a jail and are hurting, and every deal, go through the anguish and stress, the anxiety and brokenness of unforgiveness of another person, and I'll sit down with them and be like, okay, okay, let's write down on a piece of paper everything that that person has done and would need to rectify to make it better, Right? Then they write it down and be like, could they even accomplish all of these things? No. Do they even know about this stuff? No. Do you think they even care? No. Do you think they think about it as much as you think about it? Absolutely not. And and we just are unwilling to let ourselves receive some freedom. I, I have, my life has been blessed by doing forgiveness By practicing it, I am less broken, less anxious, less angry, way more like, not mine, let it go, right? I have um, received, and many of you have received blessings through the freedom of sexual purity, right? Of sexual purity and being prepared for that next season and whatever takes place there. I've talked to so many people who are hurt and broken or confused, because they knew they shouldn't do that. You know, half the time they got ready in front of the mirror and they looked too good, right? <laughs> it was too good. It was looking good. And then there's regret and there's shame. And, the, and, the, and we don't realize that this idea of exclusivity actually leads to romance, not experience. And I've received um, freedom through that. I, um, this next week, actually, I've worked really hard for the last three years, and uh, this next week I'm actually gonna graduate with my masters. Yeah, it's good, yeah. okay. You can call me sensei, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was talking to a young man about that, and they're like, oh wow, that's really cool. What's one of, is this like one of your greatest accomplishments? And I told him, I said, well actually, like my greatest accomplishment, or one of my greatest accomplishments, nobody cares about, it's not gonna impress anybody and it's going to be one for a long time. He's like, well, what's that? So one of my greatest accomplishments is that I've slept with the same woman for 15 years. And he went, whoa, what? Well, yeah. It's good, but he went, that wasn't like, really the answer I was looking for. And I was like, that's why it's not going to impress you. But I've received freedom from having experienced those things because I put into act an action to do what it says, not just to listen. Many of you, and I've experienced freedom, when it comes to your finances, and we talked about this, you know, a couple months ago. It was a beautiful conversation where we talked about our money and our finances. And many of you experienced freedom because you flipped everything upside down its head and you started giving first, and then you started saving and living on the rest, right? You thought others first. You reoriented the place that money has in your life. And, and many of you went through a, a class or you started making a budget You didn't just talk about a budget, you didn't have someone go like, you should really do a budget, and go like, yeah, we really need to do a budget. You did a budget, and you're experiencing freedom that comes from that, because you just didn't hear about it, you just didn't listen to it, you actually started doing it. There's this freedom. So he continues on, this perfect law, if you do these things, it gives you freedom, And continues in it's not forgetting what you have heard, but you're doing it. That we have to do it. We we cannot just listen. If we want to be prepared for the future, we need to be a doer. And then he ends finally with this, which is where I told you we're going to land the plane. They will be blessed in what they do. If you do these things, there's a blessing when it comes to it. Because when you find yourself in that season you're prepared more than most people because you have a habit of doing. You have a habit of doing. And so being a doer now, being a doer now is preparation for being a doer later. And you'll experience freedom from this. Jesus um, gave us a great uh, parable as well. So that was from James. And many of you have heard this one. It says in Matthew 7, Jesus gives a story. He says, uh, Matthew 7, 24, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into... That was your turn, sorry, bad cue. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into... Is like a wise man who built his house on the... A rock. Yes, you've heard this. And then there's actions that go with this. And then the rain came down, and the wires rolled up, and the rain came (laughs) down, right? And the winds blew and beat the house... Uh, and then yet it did not it didn 't fall because its foundation was on a rock. Its foundation was on a rock because he, you hear it and you do it, and then he falls over the example. But anyone who hears these words of mine and doesn 't put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew. And beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. How many of us have seen someone build their relationships on sand and we watch it crash? How many of us have built our finances and we watch it crash? How many of us just have, have family or friends and we've watched them? I mean, we get to watch this and it's so difficult. We watch someone Um, in their life and their decisions and you're telling them, hey, you just need to do this or you need to stop doing this or, you know, like loving, kind words and then you watch them crash and you're like, you want to say I told you so but it's so difficult and you're like, ah, I'm just watching this happen and crash. Doing not hearing, friends, will prepare you for your next season. Such a simple concept. So difficult to do. But it's so crucial because I don't want to see when you come into that next place or that next thing that you've kind of been brought into, whether you signed up for it or not, I don't want to see you crash. And you can do things now to prepare for that later. Would you stand with me? There may be um, some of you in here today and you're you're in your own storm or you're in a season that you think you're in all by yourself. Our theology is really simple around here, no matter what we talk about. That there is nothing so dead that God cannot resurrect again. And maybe some of you in here are feeling like, man, I'm at a dead end. I feel dead in my life. This is a mess. The best thing you could do today is respond to that and allow him to do his work and not just listen to it, but take a next step and walk into it. Some of you in here, maybe today, you feel broken There's nothing so broken that God through his transformable cannot begin to mend. And there's nothing so lost that he cannot find. That's our theology. It's like super simple. Right? It's exactly who he is. But you can't just hear that. You need to take a step and do something about it. He's ready and willing. You gotta let him. Because that's what he does. And a really simple step for you today. The doing step. Is maybe grab one of these journals if you're ready for it. This is just a 21-day journey of Like, what's next, who God is, what he can do with you, how you get connected. Uh, we want to follow up with you, so don't leave here today without doing something with what you've heard. Now, some of you in here today have heard some of these things, and I want to tell you, I am not the one convicting you, because <laughs> some of you are going, yeah, 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 there are some things that I need to do that I'm not doing, Right? Don't just show up here and think you got something on you. right? Put something in you before you leave and do something about the thing that you need to do something about. I'll leave it at that. That's about as hard as I'm going to poke you. (laughs) That's just real life, though. I'm talking to myself, too, for sure. If you uh, are new with us here today, so glad to have you here. We'd love to see you come back. Get the opportunity to get to know you. Give us three weeks. Check it out. See if you like it. See if you get connected in the community. It'd be great for you. um, and then also, thank you for your generous um, giving your Dollar Club stuff. Um, because of your generosity, we get to do things like our children's ministry for reals. And you already heard Vanessa talking about that and so many other things that we do. And I would love to send you off with a blessing as you leave this place. We have a posture of our hands out and just receiving it. May you be blessed by not just hearing but doing this week and putting it into action. May God bless you and that in which you do. I love you, friends. I'll see you next week.